G'day and welcome to Nerd Subculture. I'm your host Jared. And I'm Edwina. And today, continuing our Once More with Feeling series on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, today we are doing Season 3, Episode 2, Dead, Dead Man's, Man's Party. 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 First aired October 6, 1998, written by Marty Noxon and directed by James Whitmore Jr., Eddie. This is a full spoiler podcast. I'm a huge fan of the show, but Jared has never watched the whole series. And I'm trying to convince him it's worth his time. Are you? Yeah. That is so nice of you. Exactly. Thank you, honey. Yes. So, (laughs) all right, Dead Man's Party, Eddie. What was it like uh, watching this episode for you? Yeah. Your your initial sort of uh, thoughts on it? So we get zombies introduced. Zombies, going yes. Going back to our classic movie tropes. Now, these are old-fashioned zombies. They're not like the new new wave zombies that we have now that are really yeah, vicious fast, and fast-running fast ones. Vicious. These are your traditional slow-moaning, groaning ones, yeah. Yeah, not, not your Schneider zombies that we have these days. Like they're, they're, a lot, they're upgraded them a bit these days. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, so back to our classic horror movie Mm-hmm. Genre stuff. Um, uh, yeah, this episode's a hard one to watch. Like it's hard because um, you do have a shut the fuck up Xander moment. Yes, there is. I think it's kind of shut, everyone shut the fuck up moment in this. Yeah, it's it's they they're using that trope of where everything would be fine if they all just sat down and talked. <laughs> Yeah, but instead they're all snarky and being passive aggressive um, and then it all blows up. Mm, literally, yeah. Yeah. Not literally, but sort of, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, this is, it's a, it's a frustrating episode to watch because you just are like, would you just bloody talk to each other? <laughs> <laughs> and right. the fact that they have that fight in front of everyone. Mm. Yeah. But you know when Buffy's like, Trying to talk to Willow in front of the band. He's like, Willow, I want to talk to you. I'm sitting there going, What? <laughs> yeah. I really want to talk to you, Willow. What? Because <laughs> that's, that, that's the first thing you said. They're going to put a band in the, in the living in the, room. In the living room. You ever played with p- a band in front of you before? It's very loud. So, but Willow, I really want to talk to you. What? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. It's, uh, yeah, it's not very practical to have a, a band like a blasting in your face and trying that, to have a conversation with someone. Because that's what you said. Like no yeah. one would be able to talk to anyone no. at all, no. which was kind of the point. Yeah. I'm glad so. they uh, they uh, brought up that issue. <laughs> um, did you want to go into the... Um, synopsis. Sorry. No. It's not a synopsis. No, it's not a synopsis. It's a summary. It's a summary. A recap. Recap. Let's do a recap. Okay. Uh, this episode begins with Joyce hanging up a Nigerian mask taken from the gallery. At Giles' apartment, Buffy avoids most questions about her summer while Giles hides his relief at her return. The next day, Joyce takes Buffy to see Principal Schneider, who takes vindictive pleasure in refusing to lift her expulsion. Buffy meets Pat, a member of Joyce's book club, who comments on Buffy's recent behavior and its impact on Joyce. Oh, who the fuck is Pat? <laughs> it's Dill's mum. Buffy finds a dead cat in the basement and buries it in the garden. That night, the Nigerian mask's eyes glow red and the reanimated cat crawls out of the earth. The return of the cat shocks Buffy and Joyce. Giles arrives to collect it for study. 
He notices the mask before having to remind Buffy that she is not allowed on school grounds. At school, Buffy's friends decide to change an intimate dinner into a large house party without discussing it with Buffy. The discussion distracts Giles from a page showing the Nigerian mask. Overwhelmed by the noisy party, Buffy tries in vain to talk to Willow. She overhears Joyce telling Pat how tough Buffy's return has been on her. Combined with the coldness of her friends and the problems with school, Buffy decides it was a mistake to have come home and starts packing. At the library, Giles is horrified by what he learns about the mask. He tries to phone Buffy, but partygoers failed to relay the message. Driving to Buffy's house, Giles hits a man on the road, gets out of the car and finds the man reanimated. Giles barely escapes as bodies rise all over Sunnydale and are inexplicably drawn to Joyce's mask. Willow finds Buffy packing to leave and starts berating her for all the pain and worry she caused, explaining that she and the rest of the Scoobies had tough things to deal with as well. Buffy and Joyce argue in the midst of the party, and Xander sides with Joyce against Buffy while Oz tries to break it up. As the argument grows heated, the revenants crash through the windows and doors, causing the Scoobies to immediately stop arguing and band together to combat the threat. Several guests are killed. In the bedroom, Willow checks Pat's pulse to find that she is dead. Giles tells Oz and Cordelia about the mask containing the powers of the zombie demon Avu Mambani, which means evil eye, I think. Pat's body comes to life as a zombie and puts on the mask as the demon incarnate. Buffy plunges a shovel into its eyes and it vanishes along with all the other zombies. The anger that Joyce and the other Scoobies felt towards Buffy dissipates. The next day, Giles tries to convince Schneider to let Buffy return. When he refuses, Giles applies a little intimidation. In the coffee shop, Willows tells Buffy about experiences dabbling in witchcraft. Buffy apologises for not being there to support her and Willow forgives her. The episode ends with Buffy and Willow trading playful insults. The end. You bitch. A bitch. A bitch. Yeah. So start with this episode. Wow, where where do you start? Go on. Start uh, with something. Yeah, this is this is just such a frustrating episode. Yeah, as you said, it's just everyone just needs to sit down and talk about what they're feeling. And and like I know there is that like there is that awful fight. But even before that, you kind of seen they're going buffy. Come on, talk to them, talk to them. You can and you can tell that they're they're just kind of like Xander's sort of giving off these like little snide remarks. These little passive aggressive hmm. remarks the whole time. And then Willow just stands her up at the coffee shop. Because hmm. that's, oh, yeah, that's the other thing that's introduced in this episode is we get downtown Sunnydale. Yeah. <laughs> the, All right. The espresso pump. Okay. So that's a new set piece. Right. Yeah. Sort of the 80s of the being the coffee shop as the meeting place of uh, people. Yes, so well, they need a, well, they need it. Yeah, they need a daytime, <laughs> daytime place, place. To meet. Yeah. other than the library. Yeah, yeah. Well, because she can't go to the library. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's. It's. Um. Yeah. The, what you're saying with Schneider, um, not Schneider, with uh, Xander and the remarks. Like, there's that really nice scene when Buffy and Giles meet, and um, and then he starts. Blabbering on about, oh, you know, I guess you're not a watcher. You're more of a starer or a looker. A, yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. The hell? Yeah. And G- Giles, yes, thank, thank you, Sander. You know, yeah. you're an idiot. <laughs> um, but Giles is the only one that welcomes her home. 
Yeah. And he doesn't like, and maybe she just doesn't want to talk about it. Maybe she doesn't have to talk about it. You know, I mean, you're talking about people talking about their feelings, but maybe she's just sort of not ready in some ways. And Giles respects it and doesn't start berating her and just is just happy to see her. And it doesn't, his first reaction isn't, where have you been? You know, he just smiles and it's really nice and it's just completely ruined by Xander, you know, and he's just happy to see her. That's yeah. all he cares about is the fact that she's alive and okay. And yeah. that's all that mattered. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and yeah, you can see the the utter relief is just lifted off his shoulders yeah. that she's safe and well. Mm. Um, but he knows that something pretty bad must have happened. Yeah, yeah. But he's um, not. He was not going to push her on it though. Like, yeah, obviously. I think I think he kind of knows what happened. That's the other suspects, thing. Yeah, yeah. I think he already suspects what she had to do. Um, so he generally has a bit more respect. But then you've got Xander, who you know. Call, what does he say? Um, he's really inconsiderate of Buffy's feelings to like with when it came to Angel. Like, he, and he's kind of always been a bit of a dick in that area. Yeah, yeah. He's been really jealous about it, hasn't he? It's been really uncalled for and really nasty and snarky. And yeah, and and he says something like, you know, uh, you don't just hop a greyhound for boy. Like not everyone hops a greyhound because of boy troubles. And it's like, well, a her mum kicked her out of the house. Um, B, <laughs> uh, boy troubles was her having to stab her lover <laughs> and st- send, send send him, him to, to hell. hell. Yeah. Um, after he'd been evil, like though he had been evil, he he had just had his soul. Like mm. he was just reinsold. Mm. Um. Yeah, that's that's boy troubles. <laughs> like, yeah, I was, I was just thinking, like, geez, this guy's such a dick to you. Why do you hang around him? Yeah, yeah. He is he, plenty of moments like this that you've sort of noted throughout yeah, this. Uh, the, the shut the fuck up, Xander moments. Yeah, um, and 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 I think this. So prior to this, I used to really love Xander as a character. Mm. Like, I like. I, I thought he was like one of the funniest. I thought he was a, like this great, great character. Um, yeah. And I was like, I want a boyfriend just like that. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, no. When I was younger. Um, but, yeah, I think this was the first moment when I noticed these, what the, f- you know, shut the fuck up Xander kind of moments mm. where he's so out of line. Yeah. Yeah, it gives it completely uncalled for that that sort of, Berating her like that in front of everyone. Um, but he also calls her, he calls her like stupid. Yeah. yeah idiot. She's stupid. Yeah. She's selfish. She's acting like an idiot. Mm. Um, like he's actually really, really mean. Yeah. Yeah. It was really nasty, you know. And yeah, he, he's consistently done it too. So I don't know whether he, he matures as a character later in, in later seasons or something, but I was, I was just thinking that scene. Then, like, what, why are you hanging around with this guy? He, he seems to be such a prick to you sometimes, you know? Uh, yeah. And for really no reason, you know? Obviously, she's going through some really hard stuff. and Can't you be a friend and support her and just you know, let it be? And he, he must know what – he must suspect what happened to – I don't know whether we find out later, but he must he must know what's happened to her. Mm, I doubt it. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Well, he must know that – um. That Willow did the spell, though, doesn't he? He knows that. Yeah, yeah. 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 And he he chose not to tell her that, remember? Yeah. So I think that that also plays into the issues between her and Willow. Because mm. Willow says, you know, Willow actually says to her, you know, 
you know, you can talk to me. You can tell me. And sh- and Buffy responds with, you wouldn't understand. Hmm. Um, and I think that the reason why Buffy says that is from that, you know, kick his ass comment that Xander said. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so does, does Buffy... Does Buffy think that Willow did that on purpose to, to to mess with her or something? Is that what Buffy thinks Willow did? Um, well, I think so. Up until that point, like Willow had been pretty much on Buffy's side the whole yeah, time. Yeah, so I'm wondering why she would think she'd do that and then re and then resell him. Yeah. So well, why, I don't think I don't think Buffy had worked out that. Um, okay. All right. We'll get into this. All right. <laughs> it's yeah. coming. Is is this like the the tidal wave or the thing that's coming in the background of all the characters? What's this no, thing's going to come to a head? No, 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 it doesn't. It really doesn't come oh, to okay. a head. In like, eventually, Buffy does tell um, Giles what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think it's in the next episode. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but that that. Into, like pretty much this whole episode is about that fight, pretty much. <laughs> All the sort of the repercussions of Buffy coming home. And they do that trope as well where, you know, where she's only hearing part of the, like when she's eavesdropping on Joyce and she just, just hears. Just hears that one part and, yeah. and then, then makes the wrong conclusion of what they were talking yeah. about, not realising And then, was- you know, prior to that she's had um, – Xander was sort of making snarky remarks to her. Well, like that scene, like it's kind of a gross scene when um, Xander and Cordelia, they're like fully making out on the stairs. Yeah, yeah. And then like Buffy's talking and. He's like (laughs) just buried his head head in her tits pretty much, hasn't (laughs) he? (laughs) um, No, like Cordelia, they're still like making, like Cordelia's like kissing his neck and like, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like someone like like, really, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was really gross there, wasn't it? And you can kind of see her being a bit, oh, you know, but like if someone like, like if someone came up to you, like why well, you, you'd stop doing that, wouldn't you? Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe I was just really in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I hate that scene. And uh, and the party or the the hootenanny. Yeah. So I guess this oh. is before that episode of Simpsons when they retired all those unused words uh, yeah. in the in the an uh, order to we call it the memoriam (laughs) they had for words at the spelling bee and i remember hootenanny being one of those words in the memoriam of uh and i didn't really i didn't know what a hootenanny was to be honest i thought a hootenanny was like an insult or something you're a stupid hootenanny Uh, i knew it's like an old-timey party oh okay yeah so we now i now know what a hootenanny is and uh i think we would probably call it like a bush dance yeah 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 yeah, a bush dance right (laughs) Um, but so, yeah, they were planning this party and they decided to bring the band and I'm like, what are they going to do? Like play in a lounge room? And then they, she answered the door and like, they're walking, they're running in with the cymbals and the snare drum. I'm like, oh, they really are going to play in a lounge room. <laughs> yes. I've never bought earmuffs. <laughs> like a small little lounge room and then they're playing there and everyone's just like into it. I'm like, no, everyone's deaf. <laughs> no one can hear. Yes. That is like so loud. Like you have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I do have an idea. <laughs> you don't need to mic up the drums. <laughs> um, 
and yeah, let's let's just play, have a huge party at Buffy's house. And, uh, yeah, I, and they they don't talk to Buffy or Buffy's. So Buffy and her mum are like setting yeah, they, the they table. Yeah, they seem supply, surprisingly cool about this. Yeah, and then Joyce isn't upset at all. She's like doing shots in. The, she's, she's doing, doing shots, shots of snaps, was it? Yeah, shots of snap snaps in the kitchen. Yeah, and just doesn't seem to be giving no, a shit because she's got a unfaced. girlfriend. She's like, oh, oh yeah, she's, she's got a drinking buddy, Earl's yeah. mum. Pat, mum. I'll tell you what, do not look up Pat and Joyce um, on the internet. Oh, what? Oh, no. <laughs> the lesbian memes yeah, out there. There's, there's they a, had a little passionate, it wasn't passionate, but a little the little kiss, lips. that little kiss at the start yeah, is kind yeah. of a little bit more than Maybe a, they were trying to like kiss each other on the cheek and they both went for the same cheek at the same time and it just sort of ended, you know. And then none of them. Oh, no. I think the kiss on the cheek was just a little too close to the mouth. It was. It almost <laughs> does look like they pash and she's all rapt to see her. And, um, you know, maybe your mum's, you know, experimenting or something. Or, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that there's quite a bit of uh, fan fiction out there about Joyce and Pat's relationship. Mm, it's Pat. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to listen to this uh, fantastic other podcast. Um, oh, are we allowed to mention other podcasts on here? Well, it, it's finished now. So, oh, okay. And I think you can only get it on Apple well, Apple Podcast anyway. All right. Now. Uh, p- called Potential Cast. And one of their best episodes that they did was Dead Man's Party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because one of the, them just kept going, who the fuck is Pat? <laughs> I thought was, I thought like she was evil. I thought, oh, she's too nice and wholesome oh, to no. be. She's not wholesome. She's so passive aggressive. Oh, all that, yeah. That. Yeah, she's just yeah, super passive aggressive, and I yeah. But I was I was expecting her to be evil or the one who planted it there so she could take over the world or something like <laughs> yeah. that. I was I thought they're going to go down that alley, and then she died, yeah. and she kind of did become the thing yeah, in the yeah. end, but not not by intention. It wasn't her intention, or yeah, 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 it her, yeah her. Uh, her goal or anything like that. And funnily enough, the book that she says that Joyce read is called The Deep End of the Ocean, um, which is actually a novel set in 1996 about a suburban middle-class family, much like Buffy's, <laughs> that mm-hmm. is torn apart when the youngest son disappears, only to reappear at their front doorstep years later. Who are you? <laughs> Okay, all right. So, yeah, that's inspiration for that, I guess. Yes. Um, did you feel that sometimes like, the, the conflict did feel a little bit contrived? As you said, it was a, a stereotype of having people misunderstanding or not just talking, you know, um, when it could have been easily solved, but then I don't know, maybe they can't talk, as I was saying before. So the answer to the question is, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and that uh, the coming out metaphor comes back as well. Yeah. When they're having that, you know, the whole, I told you who you were, who I was, and you couldn't handle it. And Joyce is like, you dumped something like that on me. Mm. And then, yeah. Oh, it you wasn't, didn't give wasn't, me time. Wasn't, well, it was slightly lent into, I think, but uh, yeah, not too heavily. Um, yeah, maybe Buffy should have been asking Joyce about her sexuality, <laughs> if anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you go down any rabbit holes? Um, I did. <laughs> I liked how it's did. <laughs> we really got to stop watching that Jermaine, listening to that Jermaine podcast. I'm, I'm starting to talk like her now. <laughs> uh, 
and and it is yeah. actually making us feel like we're completely wasting our time <laughs> doing this podcast. You are, you sh- if you listen to us, stop listening to and listen to Jamazing. I don't know. Why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> why are you here? Uh, the Rabbit Hole. Yeah. Yes. So the title of this episode, Dead Man's Party. Yeah, which Oz actually says the line, the dead man's party's upstairs. Yes. Yeah. It's also uh, said in the show. That's the name of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's the name of the episode. And, uh, yeah, so Dead Man's Party is the name of Oingo Boingo. Eddie. Oingo Boingo. Eddie, do you know Oingo Boingo? I do not know Oingo Boingo. You don't know Oingo Boingo. Uh, This is, they have a song called Dead Man's Party. Uh, They're an 80s new wave band. That would explain why it's Oz that says the dead man's party's upstairs because he's a bit of a music fanatic. He's a bit of new wave, new wave, old wave, synth wave. No, not synth wave. Well, he knows his music. Uh, I think. So this is a this is a bit of a Oingo Boingo. This is a. This is probably not the most famous song though. Uh, you'll probably know one of the other songs is a lot more well known. Uh, from a movie called Weird Science. So this is Oingo Boingo. Uh, yes, Weird Science. Uh, from the, the, the title track for the movie, Weird Science, with these two guys who build a woman from a computer because you could do that in the 80s. You, you can't do, do that you anymore. Can, you could do that. Um, you could. You were surprised with what computers could do in the 80s. Oh, you could start wars with them, basically. Uh, build women. Do whatever you want. You could get uh, them to make your coffee. You can make your coffee. Uh, they could lock all your doors. Did you know that was a John Hughes movie? Weird Science. Yes, yes, I did. I didn't know. I probably didn't know that. Now, Oingo Boingo, um, they were a band, a very, you know, I guess fairly popular. The lead singer of this band, Eddie, was a guy named Danny Elfman. Oh, okay. The Danny Elfman. Yes, uh, the famous, famous composer. composer. For all, pretty much most or all of um, Tim Burton's, Tim Burton's movies. movies, yes. And The Simpsons. He and The Simpsons, yeah. Simpsons theme, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, pretty impressive career he has in, in uh, music and movies. Um so yeah, I took me down the Oingo Boingo. I've, I don't know if I, I don't even know if I'm saying that properly. Uh, o i n g o b o i n g o Oingo Boingo. Oingo Boingo. Yeah, uh, I think that's that sounds. That's right. about right. Uh, yeah, started in the mid '80s, and the last album was released in 1994. Uh, if you listen to that song, <laughs> the song's that. <laughs> let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. So it's 1994. Four. Does it start to sound a little yeah, grungy? It sounds very grungy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed there's a few new wave bands that you listen to, and you, if you see the released albums in the early '90s, they sound very grungy. There's that Man Without Hats band, you know, the Safety Dance. Ah, uh, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, so I was listening to their discography once, and their later songs get very grungy. They're wearing the flannels as well. <laughs> They've really morphed with the times. I mean, is it kind of dicky? Is it stupid? I mean, what do you do with a band? You can't keep doing new wave into the 2000s, can you? Yeah, you can. Because it's old wave. Old wave then. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, so uh, down down the rabbit hole of Oingo Boingo, um, which then led me to Ghostbusters because he wrote a song for Ghostbusters 2. And... 
the song he wrote uh, apparently was only um, only used four bars from it <laughs> in the actual <laughs> movie. He wasn't happy about it. He wanted to actually take it off the soundtrack. He's like, "Why well, even bother? You know, I've written a song for you guys. You don't even use it." Um, which led me to the twins who played the baby Oscar mm-hmm. on the movie. Um, identical twins. I have no idea how you got there, but. Oh, it's just it's just one of those things that uh, um that you know I just got it sucked down. I'm like, oh, who are these kids? Um, and uh, I was actually saddened to find that one of them had passed away uh, only oh. a few years ago. Yeah, um, uh, some mental health issues that I think he had, um, and uh, it seemed very sad that because uh, I know you sort of see someone as a baby and now they're an adult. You know, and there's like a whole life in between there mm. that you don't see. Um, so just looking about then, apparently they were really into their martial arts and had a few dojos and stuff like that in Los Angeles. So uh, they didn't do acting ever again. That was their only acting career. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Just Oscar the Baby and uh, Ghostbusters 2. Um, yeah. And uh, I think that was my rabbit hole. <laughs> I think that was a pretty, Is that pretty deep. That was a pretty deep rabbit hole. Boingo, boingo. Uh, can we roll into the questions then? Wait, I've got one more thing for you to ask. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, had you seen this episode? No, no, I haven't seen this. No, this is a new one, newbie. All Brand right. new episode. All right, yeah. From 22 years ago. Roll let's it. Let's roll into question time. Question time. I hope that that answers a little bit uh, your, your question. Okay, Jared. Which character was your favourite in this episode? Uh, I like to rip it. Rip it Giles. Rip it Giles? Anthony yeah. St- as Anthony Stewart head. <laughs> uh, yeah, Giles. I yeah, yeah. I thought he had a few yeah. good scenes in it. Yeah. Probably the only the only character wasn't obnoxious in it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't tearing Buffy apart. Well, uh, yeah, just a little cool and collective. Everyone just seemed to be very nasty and and snarky. Mm. Yeah, at some point. Uh, Joel's, I don't know, just wasn't, and was just cool about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I had the same. Oh, <laughs> really? Yes. Um, which character do you love to hate? I love to hate that Schneider guy. Yeah, you know what I have here? I have Pat, Schneider, Joyce. I'll leave Pat alone. Xander, Willow. <laughs> <laughs> They're all horrible in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Everyone had that moment, didn't they? They really did have their <laughs> their punchable face moments. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um. What was the most memorable fight scene? I think the zombies like storming through the the windows, and yeah, that was pretty intense. That I think, yeah, and killing a few people too. Like that was like, ooh, jeez. Just walked up and snapped that guy's neck, you know? Yeah, I think the... Next time, pass on the message, dickhead. (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. And know the person whose house you're at. You idiot. Um, yeah, that was the other thing. Like, there's, like, guys, like, smoking... They're, like, smoking joints and... Were they? Yeah, they're, like, smoking joints in the house and they're, like, doing... Like, he's, like, that guy's got to take a shot. (laughs) So, like... (laughs) Joyce, Joyce is allowing this type of party, you know. Yeah, house. she d- didn't seem phased at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I probably the verbal fight 
that they oh actually I might talk about that later. All right. <laughs> um, I might go with the fight scene with the vampire at the start with Boy Slayer and Nighthawk. Um, and they have that sort of this fight and um, all of them end up on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All kind of looking up looking at up, her going, in hi. shock. Yeah. And she's just like, hi, guys. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> yes. Um, LOL moment. Uh, the moment just before when the zombies attack and uh, Willow's like, no, let him go. Oz, they're talking about it isn't going to help. We might as well just use some violence. And everyone just comes smashing through. And I was just being sarcastic. Okay. Yeah, I've got um, when Buffy is talking to Pat at the front door and she's like, and it's that awkward. Do you want my mom? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like making like really awkward, horrible, small talk. <laughs> and then Buffy, yes, yeah, she screams out, Mom! Yeah. Um. Next question. Favorite scene. Oh, I think I, I mentioned this before. It was uh, Giles and Buddy, B- Buddy, Buffy, <laughs> uh, just meeting when they have oh. that sort of moment of silence, a few seconds. It's I yours too, isn't it? It's mine too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you. Yeah. Yeah. When Giles says, "Welcome home, Buffy." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's just all she needed to hear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next question. Least favourite scene? And I wrote down, everyone shitting on Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got the same. The verbal, <laughs> mine's a, the verbal beat down. It's a hard scene to watch. Yeah. Because you can see how, unco- like, Buffy is so uncomfortable. Mm. <laughs> she just wants to get out of there. Yeah, yeah, just not now, you know, just... uh, But she's uncomfortable from the start of the party. Like, she was never comfortable with them having the big party. She wasn't even comfortable... She wasn't comfortable. She wasn't even asked about it. She wasn't even comfortable with having the dinner. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because she could kind of sense that things were a bit off. Yeah. Yeah, it was going to blow up, yeah. Um, Yeah, so... And the thing is, they weren't the party in type. Like, they didn't seem like the frat party, house party uh, bunch, you know, other than going to, you know, um, well, I, we hadn't seen it before. Yeah. Um, so that kind of seemed really out of character for them to throw a big hoot nanny, you know, mm. kegs kegs at the door, you know, the paper, the the plastic cup, <laughs> everyone walked yeah, with the plastic yeah. cups. It just didn't really seem like their scene, you know. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe Cordelia would be into that, you know. Um, definitely Jermaine. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Doesn't it, 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 that felt out of character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're like, let's party. Mm. And I was like, why? But normally they do their parties at the bronze. Yeah. Well, they don't do it. Like you very rarely see them going to parties at people's mm. houses. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of made me think of that scene in, um, Days of Confused when the the parents decide to stay home and everyone's like turning up to, to the house to have party. And, yes. and like the guy knocks on the door and rips out this massive bong and starts pulling it and then the dad opens the door and then they just flee into the bushes. <laughs> yep, yep. As soon as I see him. Yeah. Um, My other least favourite scene is pretty much the whole party scene and Cordelia and Xander kissing on the stairs and like she starts kissing his neck and yeah. I was just like, ew. 
Yeah. <laughs> Go yeah. somewhere else. Really uncalledful for that one. <laughs> yeah. That don't was, that don't was, do that while someone's talking well, to I th- you. I think that's the passive aggressive, like, oh, we're busy, you know, can you come back later? <laughs> yep. You're a psychopathic bitch. <laughs> what the hell? Um, all right. Uh, favorite quote? I reckon we're going to have the same one. I think we're going to have the same one. Uh, Giles? Yep. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Do, Do you, you like, like my, my mask? mask? It's, it's pretty. Isn't it pretty? pretty. It, it raises, raises the, the dead. Americans. Americans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think it's one of the best lines in the entire series, <laughs> to be fair. Like as yeah. much as I, you know, I, you know, I hate this episode because it's awkward, but it's not one of the worst episodes. And I think it's because of this scene. It's mm. worth watching the episode just for that scene. Correct. Okay. Um, best Cordelia freakout moment. I reckon we're going to have the same one too. I think we might have the Is same this one. Is this time out, Xander? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, no. Jesus. What's going on here? All right. I'm going to do this in the voice of Jermaine. Okay. Time out, Xander. Put yourself on Buffy's shoes for just a minute, okay? I'm Buffy, freak of nature, right? Naturally, I pick a freak of a boyfriend, and then it turns out into a Mr. Killing Spree, which is pretty much my fault. <laughs> I'll do. Cordy, get out of my shoes. <laughs> Waves. <laughs> Whatevs. Oh, she's so gel. She's pretty gel. She's pretty quiche. Who gets the wooden spoon? Three, two, one. Xander. Oh, no. (laughs) Xander. Okay. Pat. um... Actually, no, you can give it to Xander. You really don't like Pat, do you? (laughs) No. You know what? I really hate those kind of chirpy, passive-aggressive people. I've just just worked with too many of them in my life. Oh, damn Earl's mum. That are just like they're so chirpy and happy, but then like they they just say these horrible comments to you with mm. a smile on their face. Yeah, I know. But Earl's mom, that was my home, Earl. You broke into my home, Earl. <laughs> I didn't break in. The door was wide open. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! All right, we're uh. All right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> this is only funny to us, you know. I know it is. Everyone else. No is one knows going, the hell you're talking about. Everyone else is going. About. What the hell are you talking about? Um, who's the MVP of this episode? Oh, come on, Eddie. I think we've both got this one. He's my favorite Giles. character. Best quote, Giles. Completely. Giles yeah, is pretty Giles. much the only one that doesn't act like a complete dick in this. Yeah. And that's for you, Giles. <laughs> and what do you rate the episode? I gave it six hot wire nineteen sixty three Citron DSs. <laughs> wow, you actually knew the. You you knew what the car was. Yeah, everyone has a Citron. No, no, they don't. <laughs> um. Yeah, I gave it five out of ten zombie cats. Oh, I gave it a higher rating than you. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Well, I thought it was better than last week. So, like I said, five last week. I'm I'm pretty inconsistent with my <laughs> rating. So, I think I'll just go for if it was better or worse than the week before or whatever number I gave. Um, it's 1963 Citroen. You Although do, some people think like, it's a 66. You do like zombies though. Yeah, yeah, soft sport. And for the old school zombies as well, like the old slow ones that sort of creep up, you know, we've got the new age zombies now. That you know, uh, you know, a real threat, and you you know, you actually have to run away from them rather than just a, a steady jog. <laughs> it's a little more difficult these days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Giles knows how to hotwire a car. Just remember yeah. that. Just like riding a bike. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and you kind of see a little bit of that ripper come out of him at the end of the episode as well. Yeah. So, how, well, are you sure Buffy isn't allowed back in school? <laughs> yeah. Stands him down and, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, Giles for that one, all the way, and his car, <laughs> the Citroen. Right. People, some people think, think it's a 66, but I think it's a 63. Since when do you know anything about cars? <laughs> it's funny. It, it probably seemed like a real shitbox then because this is the late 90s, so, you know, it's a 30-year-old car. Yeah, so now it's like so a, now now you, it's you a couldn't classic. Buy it. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't get near that car now. Yeah. yeah, if it's in good good condition, yeah. So they have that sort of peak where cars like worth when you first buy it, and it just dips down to the point where it's worth nothing, and then it sort of comes back up again and it's worth more than what it was brand new. Yeah. So uh, I don't want one though. <laughs> but he knew how to hotwire. Yeah, he did. Yes. Yeah, which is a little callback to his naughty past. Yeah, very naughty. Back in uh, his uh, Sex Pistols day. Yes. So. All right. Uh, yeah, I think. Um, was there anything else you wanted to add in before we uh, end it? Yeah, I don't really have anything else. Yeah. All right, Eddie, let me just uh, start this up and we can finish it right there. Okay, well, you've been listening to Nerd Subculture. My name is Jared. I'm also Edwina. You are also Edwina, and you can also, Edwina, do what? Oh, yeah. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. What about them? You can find <laughs> us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. There is a Facebook group, and you can email us on nerdsubculture at gmail.com. Yeah, like, share, subscribe. We'll catch you next time. Take care. Bye. Grr, arg.